Happy Tuesday, everyone, and welcome to The Daily with Syl Stein here on Anchor. I am Sylvia Stein, indie author Sylvia Stein, and I'm happy to be with you guys here today. Now, last uh, shows that I had, the two, I covered the book by Ph.D. Linda N. Edelstein, or Edelstein, uh, Writer's Guide to Character Traits, second edition, and I went over chapter one. I really hope that that has helped you. Um, with your character development. If you have not checked out her book, I suggest uh, you get a copy of it. Um, I have the second edition. I haven't checked if she has it updated or not, but it includes profiles of human behaviors and personality types. And the whole book is about, um, it has everything you need to develop your characters. It is. Uh, it answers all of the questions on uh, comprehensive instruction on how to best use this book. It has, um, you'll learn common things about how to develop your characters from psychological, physical, relationship disorders, different types of things. In Writer's Guide to Character Traits 2nd Edition, notice psychologist and author Dr. Linda N. Edelstein takes you beyond generic personality types and into the depths of the human psyche where you're sure to find the resources you need to make your character stand out from the crowd. So if you have not checked it out, I suggest you go over chapter one and listen in to the shows that I had last week and the week before. I believe it was Friday and Thursday that I did those shows on character traits. And then one titled Happy Thursday, that's the second part of the character traits that I had. I hope you all will check that out. But for today's show, we're returning back to the Writer's Devotional, 365 Inspirational Exercises, Ideas, Tips, and Motivations on Writing. And I wanted to go back to that because I want to cover Week 9. I noticed that a lot of people did tune in to those shows because it did offer different advice on the different days. So this book is by Amy Peters, and it's uh, and if you have not checked it out, I hope you will do that. This, this book is meant to hone your skills. Each day of the week focuses on a different aspect of the writing life from the business of writing to the nuts and bolts of editing to tips and tricks for getting past writer's block. Read an entry at the start of your workday as you unwind when you're done or whenever you need motivation. So I hope you'll check that out. And uh, speaking of editing... I am going to have to move the editors on editing, as you, you heard in my announcement yesterday, to February. Uh, for some reason, we tried to do a show on editors on editing, and for some reason, we were having technical difficulties. I'm hoping that that will t- get taken care of soon. I don't know if it was my connection or the, ed- uh, the person coming in's connection, but we just could not connect. Now, uh, when you try to do an, an interview, with an author or an editor. Now what you do is you send a link to the, you add the person to the contacts um, and uh, then they connect with you. Before, uh, Anchor provided an 800 number, which I actually, I think that was easier because for some reason, um, not everyone is tech savvy. Not that the person I was gonna interview didn't know, they obviously did, but in general, not everyone uh, wants to download an app on their phone. Not, and uh, I, I personally thought it was easier, but I, I've come to realize 
that it wasn't as easy as what we thought. So if Anchor, you know, listens or tunes in, you know, maybe the 800 number isn't such a bad idea to have just as an option for those of us that rely more on calling in through a number that, and then the person just picks up and then we don't have all this mix up. It's just an idea. But anyway, um, I'm going to start right back up with part one of the Amy Peters book, Writer's Devotional. I hope everyone's having a happy Tuesday. We'll be right back. And welcome back to The Daily with Silstein here on Anchor. We're going to get started now with the Writer's Devotional by author Amy Peters. We're starting on Monday. And as uh, on Monday, week nine, Writers on Writing, you start with a quote by Isaac Asimov. If my doctor told me I, I had only six minutes to live, I wouldn't brood. I'd type a little faster. So it says here, American science fiction and popular science writer Isaac Asimov needed having worried about typing faster. In his seven-decade life, he wrote and edited more than 500 books. He wrote almost 10,000 letters and postcards. Clearly, Asimov liked to type, and although his advice here is given with a bit of a wink and a nod, there's tremendous value in his view, says Amy Peters. So it continues, to be a writer means to write. It is as simple as that. Writing is sort of an old hybrid. It requires the mental energy to create ideas and craft language. It also demands a physical regimen of sitting and working. Professional writers like Asimov have trained themselves to write by creating a routine and structure. Science shows that you can rewrite your brain, uh, rewire, sorry, your brain to create a writing routine and form a writing habit. When Albert Einstein decided he needed to develop the ability to think more creatively, he remodeled his brain by playing the violin. Winston Churchill painted landscapes. Both said that these exercises helped them develop their abilities to think in new ways. Einstein's, Einstein's second wife, Elsa, credited the violin and music with helping Albert develop his scientific theories. Music helps him when he is thinking about his theories. Perhaps without Einstein's violin, there would have been no E equals MC square. So how interesting, right? So everything here in this, in this part, Writers on Writing, and uh, the quote by Isaac Asimov, says that, you know, as a writer, you know, writing is a, a, a sort of an old, uh, of an odd hybrid. Now, Isaac Asimov, you know, he typed very fast. So, you know, in his seven-decade life, he wrote and edited more than 500 books. He wrote almost 10,000 letters and postcards. And he liked to type. And although his advice here is given with a bit of a wink, because he says that my doctor told me I had only six minutes to live, I wouldn't brood. I'd type a little faster. Obviously, you know, that's meant to be, you know, in a funny sense, you know, he... uh, there's tremendous value in his view. And then, of course, you hear about Einstein and basically how the violin is credited to giving him ideas to rewire his brain and be able to create these scientific theories. As well, it also helped Winston Churchill paint landscapes. So everything works for us in a different way. I know for me, music is very inspirational. It's very calming. 
it um it helps me uh develop the day better like when i clean or when i write different moods of, of music but it always inspires me to to uh, feel a little differently and upbeat i i don't know what works for you but that that's tremendous advice there so that was monday for writers on writing and we'll be right back And welcome back to the daily with Silstein. So I finished up Monday writers on writing. Now we're moving on to Tuesday motivation, which is uh, today's day. I do not try to dance better than anyone else. I only try to dance better than myself. This is a quote by Mikhail Baryshnikov. As we know, he's one of the best dancers. Let's let's hear what it says about him. There's only one bar that you need measure up to as a writer and that is the one you set for yourself. Ballet dancer Mikhail Baryshnikov was born in communist Russia. Although his talent as a dancer was apparent from a young age, the Soviet system of training dancers did not recognize his early genius. Further because his short statue uh, stature made it impossible for him to tower over his ballerina partners, he was relegated to secondary roles. Undeterred, he continued to dance with the famed Bolshe Ballet, and although not a star, he continued to work to dance better than myself. These efforts paid off when in 1974, during a grueling tour with a Bolshe, he defected from the Soviet Union and became the principal dancer for the American Ballet Theater. Today he is recognized as one of the greatest ballet dancers of the 20th century. Just as Baryshnikov set out to dance for himself, you must write for yourself. Even if your vision is to have a work published, you must first write a work that's pleasing to you and that meets the standards you have set for your own writing. So here, um, in this section of motivation, it says, Baryshnikov set out to dance for himself. You must write for yourself. Even if your vision is to have a work published, you must first write a work that's pleasing to you and that meets the standards you have set for your own writing. So basically, that's the whole point of it. We, you know, as, as we know, uh, those that have, have not heard of Mikhail Baryshnikov, as they said, he, he is considered one of the best uh, or recognized as one of the greatest ballet dancers of the 20th century. And he's also became an actor. He did a, a few films and shows. Um, and, and, you know, but the whole point of this is that you have to set a, a limit for yourself. Like he, I, I only try to dance better than myself. You have to, as a writer, work to try to be the better uh, of yourself that you can be. So remember that for motivation to inspire you. So that was for Tuesday motivation. And then we move on to... Uh, of course, Wednesday, writing class. Here, this is an assignment if you want to work on it. You write an essay on why it is or, or is not important to eat organic food. Now, here, this is the example that Amy Peters gives, uh, gives on this. Break your essay into three parts, introduction, body, and conclusion. In your introduction, use your thesis statement to define your views on organic food. Is organic food essential for better health, or is it the hype much? Uh, is is the hype much 
ballyhooed. Start your essay with a grabber to get your reader's attention, such as using an interesting fact. In the body of your essay, support your thesis statement. If you think organic food is overpriced and underregulated, give evidence. In your conclusion, sum up your argument. Remember, the goal of an essay is to persuade. When you're done, ask yourself if you believe that you could change someone's mind about organics. Now, I challenge those of you to listening if you would like to work on this, I'll give you, um, um, but let's say next week, maybe about a week to work on it, a week and a half. And if you have an essay that you would like to share in our show, please call to the show or connect with us. Send us a message. I also have an email, S-Y-L-W-R-I-T-E-R. 07 at gmail.com sillwriter07 at gmail.com email me your essays you know it doesn't have to be a very long one just make it into the three different parts and we'll discuss more after this we'll be right back all right happy tuesday everyone and welcome back to the daily with silstein we're covering the book by author amy peters the Writer's Devotional, 365 Inspirational Exercises, Ideas, Tips, and Motivations on Writing. And on the last segment, I was covering Wednesday Writing Class. Amy Peters says, write an essay on why it is or is not important to eat organic food. I challenge you to try to write an essay, try to send it in or uh, call it into the show uh, where you break your essay into three parts, introduction, body, and conclusion, and in your introduction, use your thesis statement to define your views on organic food. Um, and I gave you some ideas. Is uh, According to this book, is the organic food essential for better health? Or is it the hype? Is it much hyped up? Or do you think the food is overpriced or underregulated? Um, the goal is to persuade in this essay. So if you feel you can do that, send it in or email it to sillwriter07 at gmail.com. I will share it or you can call it into the show. And I hope that, um, like I said, you will <clears throat> excuse me, take on that challenge. And uh, we're moving on to the next segment, Thursday Editing. Okay. My play was a complete success. The audience was a failure. This is a quote by Ashley Brilliant. When you are writing for an audience, it says, you need to identify if they are coming to your work with a certain set of expectations. That means you have to understand their needs and make sure that you give them what they want. All forms of successful writing are credited with a specific audience in mind. Each word, each sentence should be aimed at your target audience. A romance novel has an entirely different cadence than a thriller. A military biography will use a different vocabulary than one written about a famous painter. The advice from a doctor is usually given in an authoritative tone. The advice found in a relationship book is much more relaxed. The differences are even greater in the magazine world. Take automobile magazines, for example. These are entirely audience-specific and use descriptive language found in no other media. The writers know that the readers get pleasure from thinking about cars in just this way. Without knowing your audience, you can write the greatest piece that will without knowing your audience, you can write the greatest piece that will never get published. 
So basically, it's important to know your uh, your audience. It's very, very important that you uh, are able to share that um, and to 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 have it come across. And one of the things that stuck out from the interview I did with author Leona Ca- uh, Leona Carter, um, excuse me, um, she came to the show. Best-selling author Leona Carter, shout out to her, and she did talk about how her book what inspired her was to target her audience to, to make sure you know your audience to make sure you know who you're targeting to who you're speaking to if you have not listened to the interview um, on Leona Carter or author Leona Carter I suggest you check it out because this is one of the things that she mentioned um, uh, among other things from her book that she talked about about targeting your audience to know your audience so you could uh, know who you're speaking to and know, um, like it says, without knowing your audience, you can write the greatest piece that will never get published because you have to know, um, how to be audience specific and use descriptive language found in no other, like make sure you know who you're writing or aiming this to. So we'll be right back. Welcome back to The Daily with Sil Stein here on Anchor. So we left off with Writers on Writing. As I said, um, the... Sorry. sorry. We left off with the Thursday editing, which is... My, my play was a complete success. The audience was a failure. So it in, in this quote by Ashley Brilliant, as the quote was taken by her, says... Because as Amy Peters points out, when you are writing for an audience, you need to identify they're coming to your work with a certain set of expectations. That means you have to understand their needs and make sure that you give them what they want. So the whole point is to target your audience, know who you're writing for. And I mentioned author Leona Carter because she uh, she mentioned that during our interview, among other important things that stood out from the interview, that was among those. So shout out to you, Leona Carter. I hope you don't mind me uh, mentioning you, but uh, that was the example that um, that was given that I, I really wanted to 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 have uh, have have uh, it stood out to me. And because we're covering editors on editing today, I wanted to make sure to give you credit uh, because you mentioned that with your interview and how you went about your book as well. So I hope you'll listen to her interview, which is also on Anchor. Um, And also, now we're moving on to Friday Biography. Let me read the quote by Tom Wolfe, or author Tom Wolfe. What I write when I force myself is generally just as good as as what I write when I'm feeling inspired. It's mainly a matter of forcing yourself to write. So Tom Wolfe, which is 1930 to the present, was born in Richmond, Virginia to an affluent family, that afforded him the privilege of pursuing a career in the arts. In December 1956, sorry, he began working for the Springfield, Massachusetts Union, has been writing ever since. Although he is best known as a novelist, Wolf spent more than 25 years writing investigative nonfiction and is credited for helping to create new journalism. In 1962, 
Wolf was a reporter for the New York Herald Tribune and its Sunday supplement, New York Magazine. His first book, The Candy Colored Tangerine Flake Streamline Baby, was a bestseller. And in 1968, he published two nonfiction bestsellers on the same day, The Pump House Gang and The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test. 1979, Wolf published The Right Stuff, a book about the United States manned space program, which he was a, which was awarded the American Book Award for nonfiction. Wolf invented many now popular American phrases, including the right stuff, radical, chick, the me decade, and good old boy. His first novel, The Bonfire of the Vanities, initially appeared in serial form in Rolling Stone magazine and was subsequently published in book form in 1987. Uh, 1987 sorry. So, Tom Wolfe has quite a repertoire of, of uh, amazing things he has done both fiction and non-fiction but what the quote says is what I write when I force myself is generally just as good as what I write when I'm feeling inspired is mainly a matter of forcing yourself to write so he basically you know has quite a, a career if you want to read more about Tom Wolf for Friday biography you're more than welcome to do so but as you see he's you know he became a journalist and all of the books he wrote and it transpired into fiction and nonfiction. So that was Friday Biography, and we'll be right back. And welcome back to The Daily with Silstein. We've been covering the book, The Writer's Devotional, 365 Inspirational Exercises, Ideas, Tips, and Motivations on Writing by author Amy Peters. And now we're on week nine, Saturday Books to Read. When Pride Still Mattered by David Marinus. Says Marinus forges a near perfect synthesis on fine of fine writing and fascinating material. When Pride Still Mattered may be the best sports biography ever published. This was said by Ron Frimwright. Winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. Green, Green Bay Packers coach Vince Lombardi famously uttered, or did he? In When Pride Still Mattered, the best-selling 1999 biography of this legendary coach, David Marinus examines the truths and the myths behind this larger-than-life character. In this award-winning book, Marinus considers whether the famed coach was a motivator, a manipulator, a bully, or a great leader. Marinus deftly describes how Lombardi was able to muster the inner and outer strength to coach the Green Bay Packers to back-to-back -back National Football League titles and back-to-back -back Super Bowl titles. The strength of the book lies in its honest portrayal of a legendary figure. Rather than presenting a hagiographic hey view of Lombardi, Marinus develops a picture of the entire man, conflicted, eager to win, built with a single-minded devotion and at times difficult but always human. So this is a book that's recommended to read When Pride Still Mattered by David Marinus for Books to Read Saturday, week nine. So if you have not, if you're into sports and an aficionado, you are a big fan of the of the Green Bay Packers or the legend that was Vince Lombardi, you might want to check that book out. So, you know, hopefully you'll you'll read it and those are that's Saturday books to read. 
Now to finish up on Sunday writing prompt. And we'll be right back to do the wrap up for that. And welcome back to The Daily with Sil Stein here on Anchor. Happy Tuesday. And we're going to do the wrap-up now. Sunday writing prompt. Um, it says, still uh, sticking with sports. It says, sports are important. Comparing sports to any aspect of life is overused, but only because it is often so true. Sports are a microsome of what happens in the real world, the failures and triumphs of everyday life. And many believe that sports are important in terms of growth and development on both the personal as well as the community level. This aspect was clearly portrayed in the book Friday Night Lights by H.G. Bissinger, which was later used as the basis for the hit television series. Bissinger recorded how one Texas high school football team had a transformative effect over everyone involved, from the players to the spectators. Take on this topic if you have a strong opinion about sports. Delve into the deeper issues of your favorite pastime and see if what you write holds up to the standards set by this excellent nonfiction book. So if you have not checked out Friday Night Lights by H.G. Bissinger or seen the show or seen even the movie, I suggest you check that, that out. I believe Peter Burke did an excellent job with the series and then there was of course the movie but the book make sure to read that and try to take on a writing prompt of why are they important and how you feel by comparing it to your the nonfiction book uh, that was written by Bissinger so that's for Sunday writing prompt motivation uh, I mean sorry Sunday writing prompt week week nine on this book by Amy Peters, the writer's devotional. And I really hope that you all uh, enjoyed this uh, section Monday through Sunday. I hope you'll work on that if it helps you to inspire you. And uh, also uh, make sure you take on the challenge of that, um, of the section we kind of went into for next week uh, to write an essay on why it is or is not important to eat organic food, you can email me at silwriter07 at gmail.com or you can just call in the show. As I said, um, I am starting the editors on editing, um, hopefully in February. We've had technical difficulties um, because now you have to add on the Anchor app. And not that there's anything against it, but a lot of times the phone numbers do, do help. So, you know, we'll see what know how it turns out and hopefully we'll get that started soon but i hope that you've enjoyed today's show happy tuesday i hope to be back here friday with another segment of of uh, the daily whistle stein and bring on some interviews author interviews hopefully i can have Lori fontanez i know she has an event coming up this weekend at the library and hopefully i can get her to talk about that hopefully a shout out to her Lori Fontanest and her collection of short stories, um, um, the Faucets of Phantoms. If you have not checked those out, please do. And uh, hopefully bring you more editors on editing and check out all the author interviews I have from Talia Flores, uh, Leona Carter, uh, Jeff Brown. I have his from a while back. Um, uh, Alexander Ray. 
and uh, Chantella Huddleston Benson and anyone else that I've had on that I didn't mention. My apologies. But um, have, I hope everyone has a very happy Tuesday. Thank you for joining us on Anchor here on The Daily with Solstein. And have a great, great rest of your week. And thank you for tuning in. Bye-bye. We'll see you later.